Hello, 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 guys, and welcome back to Why Not You Podcast. I just want to thank you guys for coming in and getting a word of encouragement, just a word for the day, um, something to uplift your spirits. I just thank you for just coming in and knowing that you can get that here. As always, we give God the thanks and the glory. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in this season. I thank you, Lord, for just covering us, Lord. And I pray that you remove me and insert you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. So welcome back, guys, to Why Not You podcast. Um, Just, you know, I came home after... Uh, going to the store, getting some paint today. And um, I was just watching, you know, some YouTube videos, YouTube shorts, and um, God was just dropping something in my spirit. And he asked to me, what is salvation? What does salvation look like? And where I got that question was, um, I was watching an interview and this gentleman um, asked this guy, you know, what does your salvation look like? You know, um, what is the impossible? And so he kind of got emotional and he was crying and he was just like, you know, wow, like to think about where God brought me from to where I am now, I know it was nothing but God. He was just explaining his journey of his salvation. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to talk about this. Um, you know, The thing is, is that sometimes the enemy can keep us stuck in a place where we feel like we're not worthy. Like he one point that he did bring up was um, he was at church and he was debating if he should give his life back to Christ. And he was just saying how he couldn't do it because he had a great addiction of pornography and that he had to give up his pornography. He had to tie up loose ends. And he said that the Holy Spirit told him that he wouldn't be able to leave that place to complete those things without him. And so when I thought about that, the Holy Spirit is so powerful. Like God gives us the spirit of discernment. He gives us the Holy Spirit to allow us to discern when God is present. And so a lot of times people think that you have to be this perfect person. People think that you have to have your life together. People think that all things have to be in order before you come to Christ. But that is the biggest lie that the enemy can tell you. A lot of people, they just keep throwing this religious word out there like, oh, I'm not religious. I'm not this. It's not about being religious. It's not about being too religion-y. It's not about... Um, being to God and this, that, and the other. It's about your relationship with Jesus. You cannot get to the Father God through without accepting his son, Jesus. Like, it's a process. It's a chain of command, just like in the natural. You have to have a chain of command before you start talking to different levels of authority, correct? So if you don't believe in the son, How are you going to believe in the father? God was so gracious enough to send his only begotten son in the flesh because he knew us as humans. Like, can you imagine like that God thought about us that in that detailed that he sent his son in flesh form, knowing that my, my, my children are not going to believe the spirit. I got to send something in flesh for them to believe who I am. And so 
you know, this, this whole video kind of resonated with me because, you know, I battle a lot with my flesh. And one thing that, you know, we have to understand is that, you know, you cannot live in light and darkness at the same time. Light and darkness do not exist together. It's either light or dark. You, you, you can't be in the middle. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You have to discipline your flesh. You have to consistently make a decision of doing the right thing. And so I looked up the word salvation. I looked up what it meant. And it means persecution um, or deliverance from harm or loss, deliverance from sin and its consequences. And so when I think about that, we live in sin every day. And depending on how deep, no sin is greater than the other, first of all. And the thing is we have to stop doing as children of of God is that we have to stop judging others. We don't know what brought a person to their situation. And so a lot of people can look at you and think like, oh, you're too godly or you're too this or you're, you know, when you form and you discipline your flesh, you know, a lot of times people can look at you and judge you and, you know, think of things of you. But the thing is, nobody is perfect. Everybody is dealing with their type of addiction, their type of sin, their type of, um, um, evil, I guess you can say, um, nobody is perfect. But the thing is, is that you have to make a righteous decision of wanting to turn your ways around to come before the father. And so last night I was watching the revival with this church that's in Orlando. And, um, I think his name is pastor rich. And so he had this one pastor from Chicago and, you know, I'm just listening to, you know, the service and I'm kind of skimming through it. And this one guy, he's, he was just, you know, sharing his testimony. And it really spoke to my heart because a lot of times we can say, okay, God, I'm going to turn my way around. I'm going to do, I'm going to be different. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do better. Right. And then it's like, he was saying how he gave his life to Christ. He was doing good. And then all of a sudden he turned back to his old ways and how he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus told him that he had to repent. And he said, a lot of times we don't like that word repent. It's so heavy on us. And so I think, and I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, a lot of times when I hear the word repent or I think about, man, I got to turn my ways around. It's so convenient when you say, okay, I'm not going to do this no more. And then the next day or the next moment, there's a test. What is your reaction going to be? What are you going to do? Are you going to feed into that that habit? Are you going to feed into that routine? Are you going to feed into the thing that you know God doesn't want you to do? And this is how the enemy keeps us stuck in this cycle. And so the guy continued on about his journey, about his walk with Christ. And then he said that um, he, he was doing good. <clears throat> Seven months later, he said he got in a horrible car accident. I mean, motorcycle accident. He said he shouldn't have been walking, talking, any of that. And he had an encounter with God. He said that he even experienced hell. And so he said, all he knows is that he was at the door of hell and he was being tormented before he even got to the gate. Like he was tormented of the things and the decisions that he made in life. And he said, all he can do was call on Jesus. He said, all he knew, even though the demons were telling him to just be quiet, don't call on Jesus. He said, and all of a sudden, a light, a shining bright light came through the darkness and all the demons had to be quiet. 
do you can you imagine how powerful Jesus is to the point that when his presence comes into the room that everything shuts down and I think about myself I think about me how sometimes in life as my journey has gone a lot of times when I have walked in a room not even knowing who I am at this point people would talk but when I came into the room people would be quiet and sometimes what we have to understand is that the light that's in you that you sometimes don't even know how bright your light is shining intimidates the darkness in other people and so even at that as you're doing your walk you have to understand that you have to make a conscious decision that even though you may feel like, okay, I'm doing 10% here, 20% here, 30% here, but this 15%, I just can't give it to God yet. I, I still want to be in the world. I still want to, um, you know, lie. I still want to cheat. I still want to steal. I still want to um, watch pornography. I still want to be dishonest. I still want to not be loyal. I still want to, you know, I don't want to do the things all the way of God. But the thing is, is that you can't do both. And it brings me back to why is it so hard for us to be 100% in salvation? Like what, what is stopping us from really having a true encounter with Jesus and being truly delivered? Because the flesh, it feels good doing things that are not of God because you're in the world and it just, it seems that much easier. And when you commit your life to Christ, it seems like all hell breaks loose. But that's nothing but the confusion of the enemy. Even in back in the slavery days, like the thing is, is that, you know, people would be like, oh, the white man tried to control us. And, you know, the white man wrote the Bible to try to confuse the, the, the slaves. But the thing is, is that there was something so powerful in us as being the minority that we knew how to read, but they didn't want us to read. Right. But the thing is, is that even the slaves had that much faith in doing certain things, knowing that God was going to bring them through the oppression. And so I just want to speak on this because it's just so important of why is it so hard for us to be 100% for God? And for me, I mean, I can only speak with my experience. I think a lot of times is that I am not truly confident in myself. I'm not confident. I guess sometimes I overthink the process of just thinking that I'm going to let God down, that I can never be 100% perfect. But the thing is, is that we're putting such a heavy expectation on ourselves that the enemy uses that to manipulate us. And so it goes in further of um, another question that I wrote down was... Um, even with persecution, a part of the definition is persistent harassment. So the thing is, is that not being in salvation, we're being persecuted every day by the enemy. We're being persecuted every day by our sins. We're being persecuted and we're being harassed every day by the enemy because what he does is he torments our minds. One thing you have to think about, your mind controls your body. Your mind controls everything. So if a thought comes in and it festers and it overtakes your mind, your whole day goes bad, wrong, your emotions, everything. So you have to start trying to control your thought process. You know, the thing is, is that you have to start learning that you cannot allow anybody to consume your energy. And that's something that I'm learning, even in my marriage, even with my relationship with my kids, my parents, all that. Like if it's a decision that I see that somebody is making that I don't agree with, 
I'm not going to allow that to consume my mind and me overthink that there's something wrong with me or is there something I could have done better or what can I do to control it? Because one thing you have to understand is you don't have control over your life. We live like this life belongs to us, but it belongs to Jesus. It belongs to God, the father. He is in control. He's the orchestrator. He's the alpha. He's the omega. And so I wrote down a question of what does salvation look like? And it says the state of being saved, protected from harm, deliverance of my soul. So what it it's like, it's like when you have an infection in your body and you take antibiotics, right? You have the choice of taking the antibiotics for the full seven days to be healed or you don't take them or you don't be consistent. And so when you don't become consistent, the bacteria comes back to infect your body, right? So it's the same thing with the word of God. You have eternity to read the word of God, but you have to make the decision to consistently do it every day. Because if not, if you skip here, you don't do it, you miss out, then you have the risk of knowing that the harassment is going to continue to come in. The torment is going to come and it's going to infect your body, infect your soul. And the thing is, is that it's like a baby when you're, when you're growing a, a life inside of you, you protect it at all costs. So why aren't you with that same protection of your soul? Your soul is who you are. Your soul is where it goes after your mortal body dies. So why wouldn't you want to live eternal life with light? Why wouldn't you want to live eternal life with the Father? Why wouldn't you want to live eternal life? Instead of being tortured, like right now in this life, when we get so angry, we get so mad, we get like frustrated because of our finances, because of what life is and what life is bringing and all of this. Why would you want to continue living in this when we can have peace eternally? And so it brings me to Romans 10. I was asking God, like, okay, God, bring, give me a word, give me a scripture that I can share. So Romans chapter 10, it reads, breath in my heart desires and prayer to God for Israel. And Israel, we are the Israelites. We are Israel, like we are um, children of God. And so it says the prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved for I bear them witness that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And zeal means great energy or enthusiasm. So for I bear them witness that they have zeal for God, great enthusiasm for God, but not according to their knowledge. So a lot of times in life, you know, we go by what other people tell us, but God wants you to have the, 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 the greatness in your spirit and the joy for your spirit and not what God can do for you, but just knowing who he is coming before him in a vulnerability of understanding who he is. And so it reads on in verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for the righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness, which is the law. The man who does things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead 
But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart. One believes into unto righteousness and with the mouth confess is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So I just want to stop right there before I even go on. Again, God gave me the word salvation before I even opened up my Bible. I was like, okay, God, hmm, salvation. Okay, what does that mean? And so I started writing notes. And it's amazing to me that when I'm writing notes and I'm kind of meditating and I'm just asking God, what does he want me to share with you guys? I asked him, give me a scripture. Give me something that I can give your people. And and literally I opened my Bible. I've been flipping and I literally landed on Romans 10. So it's just to show you that when you're in the spirit, God is going to continually to guide you. And so it says here that by faith, we confess with our mouth, not the things that we see, but things that we know, things that we believe in. And you have to confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead and that you will be saved, which means that even though our mortal body is dead. You have to believe that you're going to live eternal life at the right hand of the father. You're going to be up in heaven with him. If you do the works of the Lord, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the son of God and that he was raised from the dead. So going on, on verse 10, it says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confesses made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Remember this, you believing in Christ, God protects you. The enemy, the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes in to confuse you. He comes in to detour you from where your destiny is. God would never put you in a position where you feel uncomfortable. Well, let me rewind. God would never put you in a, in a, in a situation where you feel ashamed. You feel fear. You feel like, you know, you're just, um, being harassed continuously, tormented in your mind. Anything that's like that, God would not, God is not that. When you have those feelings, that's the enemy trying to come in to put this, pump you with these things of lies. So that way you can just stop doing the thing that God has called you to do. And so in verse 11, it says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Do you hear that? There's no difference. There's no discretion. There's no like none of that. God serves everybody. And for the same Lord, all is rich to all who call upon him. So this poverty mindset that we have, that we have nothing, God is, God is, oh my God, amazing. Like we are rich, but our mindset is poor. Our mindset has this poverty mindset of what we grew up in or what we saw in life. But the thing is, if you start exercising by faith that you are rich in the spirit, God will provide the rest. 
But the thing is, is that we hate on others that we see that make it. Not understanding that the process that they had to go through. But the thing is, God will bring you in this process that you may not understand. But you have to go before him in that secret place and allow him to direct you. And so reading on, it says that um, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Stop right there. First of all, it says their faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A lot of times we can come and we can kind of encourage somebody. We can kind of, we can tell them how great God is and who Jesus is. But the thing is, is that it's not your obligation to pound it in their head. The spirit is going to do what it's going to do. You just have to be obedient to the word that God gives you and understand that once you put it out in the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit is going to work in that person. A lot of times we take on what other people are not believing, but the thing is, it's not your job for them to believe your testimony or your, like, they have to know. And when like spirits will come, so the spirit in them, the spirit of God that's in them, will resonate with the spirit of God that's in you. And so it says, but I say they have not heard. Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So in closing, I just want to encourage you guys that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And, and faith comes from believing things that are not in the natural, but believing that it is coming and it is done if it's in God's will. And remember that God does everything in his timing, in his will. And sometimes what you think you need now, it is not your time because if you move too prematurely, you will miss the blessing. You will miss the thing. So what is the thing that's stopping you from having full salvation? What What is the thing that is stopping you from fully 100% surrendering it to God? And I want to leave you with this. Do you want a life of being continuously harassed by the enemy in your thoughts, in your heart? Or do you want to surrender those things and be at peace with God? Does it mean that everything is going to be quiet and perfect? No, it's always going to be a continuous test, a test of what your posture is going to be, a test of what your reaction is going to be, a test of what you're going to entertain, what you're going to let go, what you're not going to react to anymore. 
So the choice is yours. Which way do you want to go? And so I pray that this word blesses you. I pray that you get something out of it and then it touched your spirit. And so I pray that God continues to guide you. And I pray that he gives you the confirmation that you need by hearing this word. And so until next time, I will talk to you on Why Not You podcast.